Gather round, the witching hour draws near. I'm your haunted host, animation industry artist, witch, and overall spooky enthusiast, Jenny Calabro. Come with me as we venture into the spooky realm of entertainment and real-life ghosties in this episode of A Jaunty Haunt. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of A Jaunty Haunt. My name is Jenny Calabro, as you heard in the opening, and today I am very excited to share with you my first guest episode where I will be talking to my friend and industry designer, Christian Alvarez, as he shares with us some of his incredibly wild, spooky stories. Now, I do want to take a moment to mention that this was my first time recording with a guest, and unfortunately, my settings weren't set up properly for my own mic. So my mic might be a little um, staticky and wonky because it was picking up from the computer, but lesson learned. So my apologies for that. This episode was a lot of fun to record, and I cannot wait for you all to get into it. So let's go ahead and get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to an episode of A Jaunty Haunt. And on today's episode, I have a very special guest. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hey, guys. My name is Christian Alvarez. He, him pronouns. I work in animation. Newly at Nickelodeon. I just, I start on Monday, so I'm excited about that. I work during the day as a production coordinator. And at night, I moonlight as a character designer. As a production coordinator, I kind of manage artists and I work along with the schedule to make sure that everybody hits their deadlines, everything's turned in on time, everything kind of runs smoothly so the animated show comes out perfectly and there's no bumps in the road. Um, As a character designer, I just do turnarounds, mouth charts, special poses, just a little bit of everything, honestly. And I've also done some visual development before. And that was interesting. That was a little bit of painting as well. And that was uh, a little bit of a challenge, but it was fun. It was good. Awesome. So when you say that you do character design in the evening, is that uh, freelance then? All freelance. All freelance, different studios, way different studios. I mean, I've worked for, there's one show I worked on. It was a movie for some like Chinese company. And I don't even know if the movie's come out yet, but... Yeah, that was like my first gig. So to get started, this episode is going to be about spooky paranormal experiences. So do you believe in ghosts? Oh, of course I do. I mean, I've had experiences. And the thing is, I'm not the only one who's had experiences in my family. It seems like my family's haunted. We're we're haunted, all of us. From like (laughs) my littlest nephew to like my grandma. We're all haunted. We all have had wow. experiences. It's insane. I mean, you, you, you talk to any person in my family, they will tell you that they have, um, have had a paranormal experience before. Wild. I know. That's so cool. So I just have to point it out, but that adorable squeaking was your pupper in the background. Yeah, that was my dog. <laughs> That's totally yeah. fine. I apologize for that. I'm trying to like, push him away from his toys but he keeps coming back and i don't know <laughs> why so you say that you've had paranormal experiences in the past and that your family has all had paranormal 
experiences. So then you've always believed in ghosts? Oh, on it, yeah, definitely, definitely. I've always believed in ghosts. I mean, when it comes to like paranormal stuff, it feels like uh, my family has been through all of it, honestly. Like ghosts, um, I think my mom had like a weird, almost like demon thing happen to her, and that was really scary. What she told me when she told me that story. And my uncles actually had experiences with aliens. So it's a little bit of everything. I'm surprised nobody in my family has run into Bigfoot yet. So there's that. <laughs> I also believe in Bigfoot, for sure. A little bit of everything. Why not? Yeah. Keep it fresh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, so uh, what was your first experience with uh, haunting or ghosts? And what happened? Oh, man. My first experience would have to be when I was like a little kid. And um, this was when we lived in Anaheim. We lived in this apartment that we were, we were 100% sure was haunted. Um, I remember there was one night where me and my brother slept in twin beds and we faced each other whenever we fell asleep. There was one night I woke up in the middle of the night, like 2 in the morning, and I, uh, I saw my brother levitating off of his bed, like straight, like straight up just like it looked like he was about like two feet off of his bed and i freaked wow. out ran straight into my parents room and i was like he's flying he's flying he's flying and they, they woke up they were like what are you talking about i was like he's he's off the bed he's flying and then they came into the room he was totally fine my brother was back on the bed wow yeah that was the wow. first experience first experience for sure that's quite a first experience to have yeah <laughs> <laughs> and we've had little things here and there my mom told me i had experience even when i was younger than that honestly she said that wow. there was one time she was um she was in the kitchen making me something for lunch i was sitting in the high chair and i was staring off into the hallway and i just started giggling and laughing i'm like a i'm a baby at this point. i'm like laughing at whatever the heck this thing is she can't see it because it's on the other side of the wall. She walks over to me and she's like, what's so funny? What is, what are you laughing at? She turns around. She sees this woman in a white gown walk down the hallway and jump out the window. And at that point she snatched me up. We ran outside and she called my, my dad and she said, there's a woman in the house. There's a woman in the house. And she jumped out the window, but there was nobody there. So what other experiences have you had? Do you have any specific that, have really stood out to you as like this, this is. 100% has to be, okay. So there's actually two stories that go with the story. It's uh, I was 18 and I went to go visit my great aunt in Mexico city. We're staying in her giant, like three story house. And um, I was sleeping in like a converted bedroom, which was essentially, it was like, I think it was two bedrooms, but they've knocked on the wall and they made it one big, Thing. there's nothing in this room except a bed and like a closet to put your clothes in that was it and then my mom's room was next to me and down the hallway was my great aunt's room and right on the right of that was the uh, like she had like a little um place where you could pray with like all these candles and big old picture of uh the virgin mary and it was it was a little it was, it was a little intimidating for sure that's for sure and on the third floor my my aunt my cousin lived up there it was like a converted apartment and so there was one day, we were there for like a week at, up until this point, one day where I was falling asleep 
and, and the time conversion, I wasn't very tired around like nine o'clock when everybody was going to sleep. So I, I would stay up late. But I remember that night. It was like 9 p.m. My mom said good night. She was going to go to her room, lay in bed. And her door was open. And I could hear her praying. She always prays before she goes to bed. It's like this whisper of like just doing her, her regular thing. I'm just sitting there. I'm on my iPod touch and I'm just like scrolling through Twitter or whatever. And I put on my headphones to listen to some music. A few hours go by. It up until up to like this point, it's like midnight. I'm starting to get a little tired. So I take off my headphones and I could still hear my mom praying in the other room. I think it's weird. I'm like, has she been praying for like two hours up until this point? This is okay. But I didn't think anything of it. I thought maybe she woke up. She went, she was praying back, you know, into it. So I lay down and down the hallway, like coming from my great aunt's room, I hear what sounds like bare feet on the, uh, on the ground. And she had this tile ground. So you can hear just like slap, slap, slap. And it sounded like it was getting closer and closer. And at first I thought it was my great aunt. So I get up from bed. And I'm, I call out for her. I'm like, yeah. Nobody answers. And I'm like, uh, something's up. So I lay mm. back down in bed. I lay down <laughs> back in bed. And everything goes quiet for a little bit. And then the feet continue down the hallway. I get a little freaked out. So I turn the other way because I don't want to face the hallway anymore. And I hear the feet come into my bedroom. Closer and closer and closer and closer to the side of the, the other side of the bed that I'm face, uh, facing away from, and they stop right at the edge of the bed. I'm freaking out inside. I'm like, my heart's racing. I'm like, who is this? What is happening? And in my ear, faintest whisper I hear, "I'm here," and I'm like, "Oh no, no!" And I throw over. I throw the sheets. And I run straight into my mom's room and I close the door behind me. And I'm like, oh did God. you hear that? I'm like, did you hear that? And my mom wakes up. She's like, what are you talking about? I was like, are you not just praying? Like, have you not just been praying for like the last like 10 minutes? And she's like, no. I'm like, what the? Well, can I sleep in here? So I slept in with her <laughs> like oh. the rest of the night because I was so freaked out. I was all. I, I, I did end up sleeping. I like, since the door was closed, wow. I was like, okay, I think we're good. <laughs> I was 18 I too. I was, like, I was oh. so freaked out. So freaked out. And and then the next night I slept in the bed again. Like everything was fine. But I was freaked out. That's for sure. Wow. I was like, I'm going to face the hallway from now on. Like, Plus this room, this room had no door. So I couldn't close the door. Oh no. Yeah. If, if that were me, I would not. Absolutely not. There's no way you would have been able to get me back in that bed the next night. There was no way I would have stayed there. I would have not slept. Absolutely not. <laughs> That's wild. The the one of the craziest one of the craziest ghost experiences that I have ever had involves me literally running out of the place and not going back, even though I paid to stay the night there. So like I wouldn't even like. Even though it was a free room, I wouldn't have gone back. Me paying, you know, $100 for or whatever, however, however much I paid for the night, absolutely still did not return. That's wild that you were able to just be like, okay, I had the, you know, most bizarre experience of my life, but I'm still going to sleep in this 
bed the next night. Like, I mean, where were we gonna go? Where were we gonna go that night? Or yeah, like, yeah. I have no true, idea. True, true. Like, plus, <laughs> this entire house is haunted, like from the bottom to the top. And that, and I'll continue that in my next story. Like, it, it's the same house. It's only a few days later, and it's just. Oh, this one was the one that really freaked me out. And I did sleep with my mom in her room after this, like straight up, like didn't, I was like, I'm not sleeping in my bed anymore in that weird hall, big old room. So it was New Year's day. My mom was getting ready in my great aunt's room. She was doing her hair. She was doing her makeup. And I was sitting on my bed, my iPod touch. And I didn't want to go down to my family because I didn't, I didn't speak very much Spanish at the time. Like it wasn't very good. It's like broken Spanish. So I was just like, I feel a little embarrassed uh, I don't know. I'd rather hang out with my mom for a little bit and then go down with her. Um, so I'm sitting in the room. I'm on my iPod. I'm not listening to music. Everything's fine. And then downstairs in the dining room, all the chairs start moving. Start hearing. Like all the chairs. Like somebody's pulling them out. It sounds like everybody, like it sounds like everybody had come over. Everybody from the party had come back and we were just going to hang out at my great aunt's place. So I'm like, well, I wonder what happened. So I run downstairs, chairs stop when I get halfway down the stairs. I look inside, nobody. There's nobody in the room. I'm like, uh, okay. I ran back up, go over to my great aunt's room. My mom's twirling her, she's like doing her hair, she's like twisting it. And she's like, who's here? I'm like, I heard that, right? She's like, yeah, it sounds like the chairs downstairs are moving. She's like, I was like, no, there's nobody here. There's nobody downstairs. She's like, oh, that's weird. Yeah. So at the time, grab my cr- my camera, put it at the at like stairs. I actually catch the sound of it. I didn't catch the chairs moving, but I caught the sound of the chairs moving in and out. I wish I had that video, you, but some you little paranormal investigator. I love it. <laughs> I wish, I wish I had that video. But you know what happened? I took the the camera with me to Disneyland, and it got stolen. Oh, I know. So then they just had this video of like the sound of chairs moving. The sound of chairs moving, and they're like, "What the heck's this all about?" <laughs> <laughs> so I set up the camera, and I come back to my grand aunt's room. I'm like, "Oh, you gotta listen to this." So I play it. She's like, "Oh wow, that sounds like the chairs are moving." I was like, "Yeah, we're not crazy." And right when the video ends, up the stairs, I hear this like running, fast, sprinting, up the stairs, down the hallway. And I close the door and lock it right before it gets to the end of the hallway. The doorknob jiggles. My mom and I are freaking out at this point. We're like, there's somebody in the house. Something's going on. So we call my great aunt. And she comes over with two of like my biggest uncles. They search all over the house. They're like, there's nobody here. Nobody's in the house. And I explained to my great aunt, I'm like, well, this happened. And then the other night, this happened. And she's like, oh, those are just the spirits. Don't don't bother them. They You bother them, they're going to bother you. It's like, <laughs> what? Are you kidding me? The fact that she was like so cool with it. She was like, oh, yeah, that's no, fine. After that, I slept with so, my mom. Like, oh, no. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, of course. Of course. When you're put in a situation like that where ghost feet slapping against tile right at you, you just, telling, no. Telling me to come here? Come where? Where do you want me to go? I'm not coming with you. No, absolutely not. When a, I'm not coming with you. Ghost rules number 101. 
absolute top of the list. The ghost tells you, hey, come with me. You say, I do not think so. No way. Cannot make me. No, nope, thank nope. you. Nope. Nah. You go the other direction. Exactly. No. There's no, actually, no. There's, there is actually a belief. Um, I, I don't know where it originates from, but like just being a witch, you hear a lot of these things and read up a lot about ghosts and spooks and haunts. You don't answer you don't answer the door. You don't answer a ghost when it calls your name. Even, even if you don't know that it's a ghost, it's if you have any suspicion, like you think you might be alone in the house, you think yep. that you know there isn't actually anybody on the porch because you didn't see anybody walk by, you're not supposed to answer the door because the idea is that it's like a vampire in you know stories. You know, a vampire... Or actually, anything that's evil, the whole idea that any evil creature cannot enter your home unless you willingly let it into your home and you invite evil in. So the idea is when you hear a phantom knock at your door, when you open the door to check it, that's like an invitation saying, come on in. Even though you're not saying it, it's the act of letting it in. So, yeah, which is funny because... In the last episode, I think I even talked about how my name was called and I replied. And that's like the biggest no-no. You're not supposed to answer oh. when your name is called. But it sounded like my dad. So like, I didn't know. <laughs> I mean, if it sounds like my dad, I would go. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No. But see, yeah. the second time it said my name and it was a woman that I didn't recognize, I did not respond. See, that's what Nope. I know. Yeah. I know better. Mm-hmm. But I totally get that whole like opening the door and there's nobody there. And I'm like, I, I don't mess with that thing. That's why I have a ring camera now. I don't just like, no, 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 no. <laughs> it is for ghosts, too. <laughs> yeah, for ghosts, yeah. You know, it's just, no, actually, like a few, like I think a year ago or so, I heard what sounded like a knock outside. And I was like, I'm not expecting, it was like 1030 at night. I was like, I'm not expecting anything. No. And I looked out my, like my bedroom window where I can kind of see my front door. Uh, and there was nobody there. And I was like, I'm not opening that door. I will not Absolutely open that not. door for whoever the heck that is. Even if it was just like one of the neighborhood cats like bumping into my door. I'm not, yeah. I'm not taking that risk. Nah. No. Yeah, no, even if it's not a ghost, you don't know if it's like somebody being like, hey, check out this hammer I'm holding with your face. Heck <laughs> no. Oh, no, no, no. Thank you. No. <laughs> so you said that your aunt was just totally like chill about it so obviously your aunt had a lot of experiences in that house yes my great aunt has a lot of experiences in that house i mean like after that we just we got into the whole the whole talk about it and she was like oh yeah like i see your grandpa sometimes like there's a lot of spirits in the house i just like hang out just like chill with me and i think that like also i don't know what's going on on that third floor and i haven't been into my cousin's apartment but my mom stayed up there uh pretty recently like i think a year or two ago and uh she had the worst experience like she said like it was the middle of night and she started hearing sounds and then there was one moment one point where like the entire bed was shaking everything was like spinning everything was super loud it sounded like they were screaming and she just like she said she was just praying she was just like please god get me out of this please please and it stopped it but i'm like I don't want to go up there. After hearing that story, I'm like, I'm never going to go up 
to my cousin's apartment. That is freaky. No. Yeah. No. No, no thank you. No, thank you. But she might have some malevolent spirits up there. Um, Sounds who knows? very malevolent. I mean, do you know how old the place is? It's got to be super old. I have no idea. Really? I don't know what, how many years of like been there but it has to be really old. i mean my mom's um what's it called my mom's like in her 60s she said she used to go to her house as a little girl so it has to be very old it kind of reminds me of uh my family actually had a similar kind of house in their family experiences very very haunted uh down the street from the salem witchcraft trials and when i say the salem witchcraft trials i'm not talking about salem like what is now Salem. I'm talking about the original town. So my family actually has a house that's down the street from what was the original Salem witch trials, which was actually in what is now known as Salem, but actually Danvers. And in Danvers, it's where they had the original trials. The first which was actually trialed and killed there. Oh my God. Literally, I'm not even joking you, down the street from the house that my family had. Uh, I think it was like a family member on my mom's side, like some distant aunt or cousin, I think. And so this house was so old that it it's like one of the original houses. Like, obviously, they've, they've updated it, but it's... It's ancient, like it's a historical house. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's one of those old historical houses where the ceilings were really, really low. So you kind of had to duck to get in and out of the place, like that kind of old. Wow. So my mom and my dad went to go visit because they wanted to, um, my dad has family back East in New York. And so they thought, oh, well, let's go to Salem because my mom was also into witchy things when she was my age. And so she's like, yeah, let's go to Salem. So they went to Salem because they had family there. They went and stayed at this house. And I forgot to mention, it's also across the street from a graveyard, one of the oldest graveyards in the entire town. Yeah, wild. That just adds to it. It just adds more (laughs) spirit. Just pack them in, you know? Exactly. You know, what else could you ask for? You know, mass death up the street and the bodies right across the house. You know, no big deal. So my mom uh, said that it was wild because at night from the front window, from from the window of the room that she was staying in upstairs, Mm -hmm. you could see the cemetery and you could see the thick fog creeping across the street from the cemetery to the house. And my mom said that she couldn't sleep at all because all night it she said it sounded like the house was alive, like it was creaking and stuff. Because, you know, it's an old house. But she's like, I swear it wasn't just creaking, it was footsteps. It wasn't, it wasn't just the old wood, it was footsteps. She didn't have anything, like, real visceral happen. But it was just one yeah. of those things where it's, like, too much of a, sco- of a spooky combination to nope. not be able to sleep. <laughs> Obviously, nowhere near, uh, nowhere near the level of, uh, you know, feet slapping on tile running at you like i oh, i will never get over that that's terrifying no. it's so it was so scary at the time and i, I can't I, I like after that second story i was like i'm sleeping with my mom like i'm not we need to get yeah. out of this house i think my mom was thinking like oh why don't we just stay another week and i was like no please god let's go no thank you 
No. This has been great, and by great, I mean terrifying. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, I like knowing now how how much like paranormal stuff happens in that house. I kind of want to go back. You know, really? like I kind of want to go back and just be like, all right, what can what now? What can they do now? <laughs> like, it's been a few years. <laughs> I'm it's been now. <laughs> it's been like a decade since I've been. So I'm like, what you got for me? What you got in the next ten last ten years? What new tricks do you got? Um, and actually bring a camera and like you know not have it stolen. <laughs> record some stuff. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, re- record the sounds of screeching chairs across the floor and actually keep it this time. Yes, but I actually want to get a video of the chairs moving this time, not just the sound yeah. of it. Level it up. <laughs> it's been 10 years. It's time to really ratchet it up. Get that oh, video yeah. recording. That's for sure. Speaking of, have you ever been on a paranormal investigation? Like a ghost hunt? Yes. <laughs> so uh, in Anaheim, my friends and I used to live across the street from the cemetery. And I remember there was one day we were into like ghost adventures, and there was one day where we were like had a little shitty flip phone. It's like, oh, let's go, let's go to the cemetery, and make like a little ghost like video. So we went to the cemetery, and we were in like the building where they had everybody just walking down the hallway. There's nobody else in this place. We we're just laughing, giggling. We we're like, oh, it's a spooky, <laughs> you know how kids do, and heard somebody whisper next to us i don't know what i don't remember exactly what they said i wish i had that flip phone because you could hear it on the flip phone somebody whispered next to us and we just bolted out of there like we heard it we looked at each other and just ran and we just we never went back to that cemetery ever again we're like no heck no um i wish i had everything that i catch paranormal just i lose it or i just don't have it that one was freaky just messing around we didn't expect to actually catch anything yeah didn't actually expect to walk away with evidence of any kind oh exactly i was not like uh how did we catch this and i i should have posted on like youtube at the time or something but uh, that, that was like i think the only time i ever was part of like a paranormal like investigation yeah, yeah. that's funny <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've never been on a paranormal investigation myself. I have, a, I have a lot of different, like, ideas and beliefs about paranormal investigations. Like, I love watching paranormal investigation shows. I love Ghost Hunters, Ghost Adventures. Dead Files is a really good one. A lot of people haven't heard of, but I highly recommend it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, it's um, it's just something I've never really been into because... I personally do believe that you can walk away with things attached to you. I've heard of that happening a lot, uh, especially if you go in not fully prepared, you know, as a paranormal investigator, you know, you, you, you go into these things with your camera, your recording, you know, all your recording equipment, but you also go in with this specific kind of like mentality. One of the things that I believe is like, you should definitely go in and specify you can you don't have to say that loud but like to yourself like hey you're not allowed to follow me home you're not allowed to attach yourself to me once i am done here we are done you stay here i'm gone and that's it and it's funny because i've actually done this before even though i haven't been on a paranormal investigation i have gone to haunted locations 
knowing they were haunted locations. And upon entering and leaving them, I specifically say, we're done here. Thanks. This is great. Spooky experiences. Fantastic. But like, you have to stay here because I ain't bringing this home with me. <laughs> Smart. I should have done that at my great aunt's house. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's funny. You uh talking about how you went out thinking like, oh, we're just gonna go have fun and then actually have something yeah. happen. When I was uh when I was a kid and I went back east, again, another back east story in New York. Uh I went back east with my dad to go visit my um my nana, my grandma. At the time I was peak goth phase. And so my nana was trying to like bond with me and she's like, no like this haunted mansion up the street and I was like what and she's like yeah and then later we can go to the cemetery and I was like heck yeah yes and so she took me to this what she said was a haunted mansion but it didn't look haunted at all uh, you know to me a you know 13 year old who had a very clear idea of what a haunted mansion was supposed to look like which is clearly yeah. Disneyland's haunted mansion there had to be spider webs. There had to be spooky chandeliers. Of course, that isn't what happened. Yeah, <laughs> no. And that's not what I got. I got this beautiful golden, you know, tiled, perfectly polished location where there was even a really nice gentleman there pre preparing for like a wedding. Like, hey, come on in. But uh, I had a little old plastic wind up camera. And I went in and I was like, oh, paranormal investigation time. Because at the time I was watching like Ghost Hunters and stuff. And so I was like taking pictures of the cool building, but also being like, you never know when you're going to see something. And I kid you not, I actually got an orb in one of my photos. And it oh, wasn't like did. one of those like obvious, yeah, it wasn't like an obvious like dust speck particle or like a bug. Like it was glowing you know, small orb off to the side. Absolutely mm. wild. I, w again, wish I had that photo. <laughs> I don't know where it is. I got it printed and then like it's somewhere. It uh, exists. And it's funny because I didn't get those photos developed until after I went home. And even at that, I was too lazy to develop them immediately. So this was like weeks, months later that I was like, wow, I got an orb. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, it's the times where you don't expect anything to happen when it happens honestly it feels like that absolutely and i think that's how it was with oh, my yeah. great aunt because i didn't expect anything to happen just just happened i was like whoa what the heck and i mean going back to the like you watch like ghost adventures and like ghost hunters and all that and the dead files um those shows just don't do it for me anymore i used to watch those as a kid and i i, I used to watch them like and i was like 18 and all that but like recently i've been watching a lot of like these um like youtube compilations I don't know. It just, that Ghost Adventures just doesn't give me the same that same hit. It, it hits different, you know. I'm the same <laughs> thrill. <laughs> no, just you could feel like the emotion in the people too when they see something. They're just like, oh my god, and they run away, and you're just like, oh. What? When you don't really get that from Ghost Adventures, usually it's like, bro, 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 <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa, dude, bro. <laughs> Play it back in slow motion. What was that? Or they have their little <laughs> voice voice box that says like apple and it's like yeah. what, did they have, what does that have to do with anything <laughs> <sighs> so would you ever go on a ghost hunt i would 
that have to be with like the right people. I think I want to go with like you, <laughs> like just to like bless everything and make sure that we're okay. Because like like I don't I don't mess with Ouija boards at all, like at all. I don't want anything to do with a Ouija board. If somebody has a Ouija board in their house, I don't want to go into their house. I'm like, no, no, thank you. Those things freak me out. Is there is there a reason why they freak you out? Well, like the whole thing is like you're conjuring essentially a spirit out from nowhere. It could be malevolent. It could be somebody that has passed on. You never know. And a lot of people that, you know, play with the Ouija board don't know how to close it. Absolutely. And that's what freaks me out is like, you've played with this thing, but you don't know what the heck you brought out of it. And it could be clinging to you or it could be clinging to your house or wherever you pull. That freaks yeah. me out. Or possibly even the board itself. It could be clinging to the board. And I'm like, no, thank you. I'd rather not. They open this portal into this spirit realm i'm just like you didn't close it no, no i don't know how to close it i'm not gonna do it i don't want to touch a ouija board anymore. it's funny because i was wondering at what point in the podcast the ouija board conversation was going to come up and i did not <laughs> expect it to happen on guest episode number one <laughs> so i actually have a ouija board story but uh i will start by saying this as a witch I now understand Ouija boards a lot better. I understand seances a lot better and mediumship a lot better. Uh, it's not as terrifying to me as when I was a kid. Uh, and I had mentioned this in the first episode of the podcast, but um, I've, I had some experience that I don't even really remember that scared me enough to kind of close myself off to a lot of things. And I wouldn't be surprised if this one particular experience had something to do with that. I definitely strongly, strongly believe uh, as a witch uh, that Ouija boards are not toys. They are not no, something that not. should be played like a toy. They are not something that should be a party game to laugh at. And this actually kind of ties into the idea of one of the feelings I have about ghost hunting. Um, if you go ghost hunting, it is my strong belief that you should be respectful. These are people generally, not all the time, sometimes you get some pretty wild spirits. Um, yeah. But generally, these are people who used to be alive, who are no longer around, who either don't know that they're dead, or they do and they're scared and they are confused and they're lost. And to go in and treat it like a haunted house that you go to at Halloween is, in my opinion, extremely disrespectful. It's in my belief that if I were to ever go on a paranormal investigation, that I would do so with the utmost respect, you know, please and thank yous. And if you're going to be rude, like, no. kiss my butt, no. go that way. I'm not going to talk to you. You don't deserve my exactly. attention, you know, boundaries. <laughs> yeah. no, I totally get that. And I mean, that's what like the whole ghost adventures thing kind of gets me because a lot of time they're like coaxing them out. They're like, come on out, do something. And it's like, guys, like, they're just spirits, just. They're probably trying to rest, you know, than be. Exactly. Uh, I wouldn't want to have that much on me. It feels like I feel I feel like if I did a, enough investigations and I wasn't respectful, I'd feel probably a pressure on me. Going back to the Ouija board part of things. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, uh, being a kid in elementary school, way too young. Yes. <laughs> the look on your face, the listeners can't see, but yes, being way too young to play with a Ouija board. Uh, you know, of course, I'm not going to be respectful because even if I do. You don't know anything better. 
no, I, I don't know any better. You know, it's a, it's a children's toy. Am I right? No. So, so one of my uh, friends in elementary school was having a birthday slumber party and me and my sister went and, you know, like any slumber party, uh, I don't know about you, but at least the slumber parties I went to, there was always spooky stuff going on at some point in the night. I don't know if you ever went to a slumber party, but I went to slumber parties all the time. But there were there were mostly it was like we played Halo and we'd eat pizza and drink Mountain Dew. And that was it. That's all we would do. No spookiness. <laughs> I swear all of mine was like sugar rush and then spooky time. And that was like it. You got those two things. Like you play you play clue, you drink a lot of soda. Put put a bunch of candy in that soda and you drink it up like they're uh, sugar shooters. And then you commune with the dead or, you know, do something witchy and silly and say, it's not really going to happen. Like uh, light as a feather, sip as a board. Anybody oh, seen the God. craft, they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Anyways, so I went to this party and it started off normal like any slumber party. And then the Ouija board came out and I knew what it was. And it made me uncomfortable. We owned a Ouija board uh, at my house, one that my mom actually got from her trip to Salem, uh, an old, like, vintage wooden one. And so they pulled out their Ouija board, and they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to conjure some spirits. And it's like, okay, cool. So we all sit around the board and we start asking questions and it starts moving slowly and everybody's giggling and having fun and they're like, oh my gosh, it's moving. And then the speed picks up and it goes from being like, I want to say, the, I don't remember what was said at the first bit of it, but I remember it started off kind of sad and slow and it was spelling, I think, a girl's name. And then it's it's almost like someone else came through and then it was a, it was like a man and he said his name was I think Bob which I didn't believe because I was like it's got to be one of the girls here like messing with all the other girls that at the slumber party and then it starts moving faster and faster and it says I'm going to kill you and oh, after it, yes and after it got done spelling that the lights went out and everybody screamed and I, you know at, at this point I was terrified but I kept saying to myself you know oh it's somebody playing a prank the lights went out. They were only out for like a second. Someone fumbled over to the wall, turned them on. I kid you not, the the board was covered in roaches. No. The, light, the light was out for only only like maybe 10 seconds, not even. Sure. And it was covered in at least like five or six roaches. And it's like there's it's it was wild. And that that is when I got really freaked out because I was like, okay, that tells me no, that's not. That's not normal. Like, even if oh. even if the lights were to go out and roaches were to come out, we were sitting in the center of the room. It's like, how did they get to the board that quickly within a matter of just a yeah. couple of seconds? So many of exactly. them. And I, I'm not saying that they appeared out of thin air, but it was just way too weird. So I was just like, I can't do this. And so they wanted to keep playing. And I was like, no, I think we're good. Me and my sister were incredibly freaked out. So uh, that was the big thing for me that really freaked me out. I was like, I, I don't like Ouija boards. And so a couple, not a couple, but at least I want to say that happened when I was in elementary school. And then I think when I was like in junior high or high school, 
many years later, I was digging through one of the closets at my house and I was home alone and I came across our Ouija board. And I pulled it out of the box and I looked at it and I said, it's just a piece of wood. It's just a piece of wood, there's nothing to it. I put the planchette on it and my hand was on it and it started to move. And I threw it across the room and I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing this again. There is absolutely no way. Forget this. I'm done. I'm never touching a Ouija board in my life. And so I completely swore off of them for a very, very long time and thought they were absolutely terrible and that they were evil and that they, all they did was open portals and cause problems. But it wasn't until, like I said, I became a witch and I understood more about speaking to spirits and, and being respectful and doing things the proper way. And the most important thing you do when you're conducting any kind of mediumship is to set clear boundaries, whether that's a ring of salt or candles or a prayer, whether that prayer be, you know, of your specified religion. And if you don't have a specified religion, just a like, hey, we're talking to the spirits and these are the guidelines. These are the rules. If you cannot follow them, we are done. We are out of here and you are gone for good. Like that is it clearly stating those facts because they are your facts and you know the spirits have to listen to you whether they like it or not you're exactly. in charge and if you just open the door again it's like what we talked about earlier about like hearing you're just inviting not, them in just inviting them in when, as soon as you start playing i don't like saying playing a ouija board because it's not playing but as soon it's as you start playing. no you just I have open a question i have a question yeah. you said you put your hand on the planchette and started moving but you didn't evoke anybody you didn't ask that's interesting my house is haunted okay so that was it <laughs> it house. was that spirit yeah. it was yeah, the spirit yeah. in the house going like <laughs> oh look your hand yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> i didn't know that could happen i thought you had to always have like focus spirit when you were playing with a ouija board i had no idea that a spirit in your own home could just move them well as far as i know usually you do have to invoke them but yeah. you know i my house was pretty haunted when I was uh, younger, and especially when I was like a preteen teen, like that's when it was really active and really bad. And I had talked about it in the first episode. I definitely think it was a malevolent spirit because it, it just caused so many issues and it felt really ominous and the, the pressure in the house was real. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was just because I took it out of the box, that was kind of like my curiosity inviting something to happen. I feel like in that moment, and because I was Organic. curious and like open, yeah, I was like open to the experience, even though I was like, nothing will happen, right? It was just enough oh. that whatever was in the house just was like, hey, cool, I'm gonna take control. And I was like, nope. <laughs> oh, that's a good thing you just throw it across the room. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I think in those sort of situations, if, if, even if you're like subconsciously open to it, you know, you never know what, what's going to happen. So, so let me ask then, what was your last paranormal experience? I think it would have to be that, that thing that I had like two years ago where I thought somebody was knocking on my door uh, in this apartment. And, and like nothing's happened in this apartment otherwise to show me that it, it is haunted. But it, that, that did kind of catch me off guard where I was like. Well, let me ask you, didn't you have a a video recording of an orb in your apartment and that you posted online once? I did. That's right. I forgot about that. I did yeah. not forget. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Yeah. So I, I set up my, set up like my, a little webcam on top of my fridge. 
was pointing into my living room and i yes that's right oh my god this place is haunted <laughs> yeah there was an orb that flew from like left to right yeah i remember that night i was like is that an orb and i posted it online you and cole were the first ones to, to reach out oh, of course. Like, of course what the heck that's totally an orb well, if you do find that video, make sure to post it and tag a Jaunty Haunt on Twitter so that way we can share it with all of the listeners. Thanks for reminding me about that. <laughs> oh, I would never forget. <laughs> <laughs> Those were all amazing stories. Absolutely terrifying, especially I will not get over the fact of the slapping feet against the tile. I think that's the most vivid description of anything just the sound alone is absolutely terrifying you can replicate it out <laughs> absolutely so with that being said let's go ahead and move on to our listener written spooky stories let's head on over to see what's been written in As a teenager growing up in rural NYS, most of my friends got summer jobs the year they turned 15 with their parents' legal permission doing some form of resort work. I took up a summer job at 15 as a housekeeper at a hotel, just a little over a mile from my home. Of course, I had always heard rumors that it was haunted. So many patrons in the lamplighter room, the hotel bar, would joke about it. But it wasn't until I started working there that I started experiencing it myself. Room number 10 is the master suite of the place, with a top floor beautiful view of the lake right across the street. All the rooms open with old skeleton keys, and I always had to give the handle a little jimmy to get it open. Pretty standard for hotels well over 100 years old. One day in particular, I was cleaning and making up the beds in room number 10, when I heard the water start running in the bathroom just a light drip. I thought maybe I'd left the faucet on, so I went in and tightened the hot and cold handles to make sure they were off all the way. But by the time I made it back to the beds, the water started running again, this time at a gushing pace. Sure enough, the handle had been turned and the water was running at full capacity. Now, the ghost of the hotel in question varies on who you ask. I personally believe it's a small boy who's just playing tricks on people because he might be bored or looking to just pull some fun pranks. The problem was that when I went to leave the room to call for a plumber to fix the water issue, the door wouldn't open, even with my master key. I used the radio to let the front desk know that I was stuck in the room and was told that it would take a bit before they could come let me out. So it was a slot of back and forth, shut off the water, turn around, water comes back on. I got more suspicious when the shower started to do the same thing. At the same time, a maintenance worker came to the door, but also couldn't open it. So I sat on the bed and talked out loud to the maybe specter and said, please let me finish working. I know you want to play and have fun, but I have a job to do. If you let me out of the room, I'll bring you a treat later. A few seconds later, the door opened. Just after that, the water in the shower and the sink turned off. Before I left work that day, I left a small Danish on a napkin just inside the fire escape 
where I had heard that he likes to hide. No one was near me, as far as I could tell, when I told the ghost out loud that I left him a treat and I thanked him for opening the door. The next day, as I left the room on the second floor, I saw a shadow of a little boy and it ran into the servants' quarters, more like a closet with a small window, which we used for storing linens and cleaning supplies. I walked back there and I opened the door, but no one was in there. When vacuuming later, I checked the stairwell to the fire escape. No Danish, but the napkin was still there, folded neatly and sitting off to one side. Personally, I never put too much stock into spirits and ghosts, but I admit that I do believe they are around and not always scary or malevolent. Mine was just curious and a bit of a prankster. Thanks so much, Britt, for writing in this really awesome story. Wow. Oh, my gosh. See, that's how you should handle a ghost. You should be respectful. I'll get you a treat later. And the fact that she knew it was a little kid is also, it, it, it helps so much. It helps a ton, honestly. Absolutely. And I completely agree. It's so funny. We were talking about it earlier in the episode, you know, being respectful. It's really about being respectful, you know. Like, luckily, Britt knew this, you know, it didn't, to them, it didn't feel malevolent at all, you know, it was just something that felt like prank. And the fact that it turned out to be this kid, it's like, you know, what if it was the ghost adventures crew going in there, like screaming at them, come out here, come out here. Get out of here. No, no. It would be terrified, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I'm wondering if she's done any research into the hotel and see if there's any, if if a kid actually did die in this hotel. They did leave a link to the hotel, and it looks old as heck. Celebrating 140 years this 2020. So I won't actually say the name of the hotel, just, you know, just to play it safe. Uh, But I will say this. When you do search for the hotel name, the first thing that comes up uh, in the Google search right after the hotel name is haunted. So you know that they aren't lying when they say this place is haunted. No, that's how they do it. If it comes up as haunted and there's like YouTube <laughs> links to like shadows and whatever, you know this place has a history of paranormal. Google verified haunted. Yes, exactly. <laughs> wow. No, that's a great story. Thank you, Britt. Wow. Oh man, I don't know what I'd do in that situation, honestly. I don't know if I'd be that calm and collected. I think I'd be freaking out trying to get out of that room. I would definitely get a little claustrophobic, for sure. Not able to get out of the room. Yeah. And then constantly having to get up to turn off the water. <laughs> get so anno- well, I get, I get annoyed, then I get frustrated, and then I get scared, and then I try to break down the door. <laughs> I think that's how everything would happen. <laughs> In that exact order. <laughs> that exact order. I'd be like, remove the door from its hinges. Get me out of here. Like, if I was in this hotel, and like, let's say this room is on the third floor, I wouldn't say I wouldn't jump out of the window <laughs> if, I, if I was freaked out. Um, yeah. But no, if it was like on the first floor, I'd, to- I'd definitely just jam the window open and get out. Uh, Shimmy down. Yeah, exactly. No big yeah. deal. Yeah. Uh, it's the kids' stories that kind of get me too. Like, I would not want to wake up in the middle of the night and hear like a little kid laughing. Like, that's so creepy. Nope. No, nope. thank you. No, no, no. This hotel sounds like the place where you'd get that kind of experience, you know? <laughs> Do they need to put that on their website? Come to our hotel. You'll get the 
creepy ghost kid laughing experience guaranteed oh. by Google. <laughs> Actually, that might make them some money. I'm sure. I, I'm pretty sure some places are using the haunted, like aspect of it to catch. Absolutely. Oh. Oh, it! I've seen it personally. I have seen it. Uh, yeah. There's a place. Yeah, um, my hometown is Sacramento, which is eight hours north of LA, which is where I currently live. And Sacramento is the uh, gold rush town of California. It's where the gold rush came and hit California hard. So we have old Sacramento, which is literally the original old Western buildings along the river with like one of the first like train tracks on this side of the country. So it's an old town and it's incredibly haunted. And there are some buildings that you go into and it's like, we're haunted, come on in. <laughs> like, well, whatever brings in tourism, I guess. Sure, yeah, I mean, sure. I'm here. <laughs> well, Kristen, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. I really appreciate you sharing your paranormal experiences and talking about your ghosties. Thank you for having me on the podcast. I'm thank you so much. Um, like I really appreciate it. I love sharing my stories, my paranormal stories, and hearing paranormal stories. So the perfect podcast for it. I'll definitely be on top of this and hopefully come back for another episode, two parter or something. So who knows? Who knows? <laughs> definitely excited to have you back soon for sure. Uh, is there anything that you would like to plug while you are here? Twitter, Instagram? Uh, yeah, so you guys can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at GhostLiar. Oh, that's so perfect. GhostLiar, G-H-O-S-T-L-Y-R-E. Um, don't, don't ask me about the name. It's not as exciting as you might think. <laughs> it's not the whole paranormal it's angle. It's just... for the podcast. It's fitting for the podcast, but it doesn't have, when I initially made it, it didn't have a paranormal, like, aspect to it. It just kind of happened. Um, so, yeah, you can follow me on Ghost, at GhostLiar on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I produce a lot of personal work, so you guys can find my personal work there. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much again, Christian. It was a pleasure having you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. That's it for this thrilling, chilling episode of A Jaunty Haunt. If you would like to submit a ghost story, send an email to a jauntyhauntpodcast at gmail.com for a chance of having it read on the show, or you can follow A Jaunty Haunt on Twitter for the latest updates on the podcast. For all things witchy, follow me on Instagram at Eidolon's Kingdom. That's E-I-D-O-L-O-N-S underscore K-I-N-G-D-O-M where you can also find a link in my bio for tarot readings and other witchy services. You can check out my art on Instagram at Eidolon Knight for art and more. That's E-I-D-O-L-O-N underscore N-I-G-H-T. Huge thank you to Brie Paulson for creating the theme for Jaunty Haunt. Beware and take care. <laughs>